everyone. Welcome to my show. I'm Tiffany Blackman, my so-called fabulous. It's so great to come to you today. We are talking everything health today because I have wonderful guests back, back on the show from number 54, Dr. Lisa Gardner. She Hello. came in. Yes, you came at the beginning of 2021. Yes. And recorded with me. We did, what was it? Take care, taking care of yourself inside and out. And we went all over the place. All over. Oh, we and were. We had a schedule and then it just. It just went. And <laughs> it, it just went. went it flowed. You know, we were flowing. And in 2020, we were interviewed. We were on a phone doing a phone call interview. And oh my gosh, we went all over the place. And we realized mm-hmm. we are very similar age mm-hmm. and um, going through very similar things in our life health wise. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just thought it'd be a good idea because your show was so popular and so many people connected with you. And you know, it's so crazy. How many people we know, Mm -hmm. I'm not from Fort Worth, but how many people have touched your life and you've touched their life and back to mine. And they're like, Oh my gosh, I didn't know, you know, Lisa. Yeah. It's crazy. Isn't it a small town? And that's why I love it. I know. My patients, your patients. Yes. And then, you know, delivering the babies of this town and a lot of them are like 16 now and (laughs) just like, Oh my goodness. So it's what an honor and a privilege that was for me. Um, but it also led into this, like doing OBGYN has led me into this other complete category of medicine now. And I term the med- the the field that I'm in now menopausal medicine, mm-hmm. but I do take care of a lot of 30 plus people as well. Like I had a couple today, they're 35 and 38 and they came in for hormone therapy to see me as well. So I do take care of thirties, forties, fifties, and even my I want to say my oldest patient, 75, that does hormones with me. I was wondering what's the age span. It's all over the place. And that is really, really important. And what I try and reiterate reiterate to people when they come in is it's not just to feel good. Hormones aren't just like, hey, energy, yay. I want to feel stamina. It's not about that. It's about prevention or prevention of Alzheimer's dementia. That's kind of a big deal. I mean, it's kind of a big deal. Just dementia. And then um, heart disease reducing your risk of breast cancer because people still think that estradiol is still related to cancer. It is not, absolutely not. That is not true. It was pharmaceuticals that were. And then your bones, your bone density. So women, Asian women and uh, white women, we are especially prone to osteoporosis. Mm. And if you've never known anybody who has it, it's absolutely debilitating. You can't drive. You can't even see in front of you. You're hunched over. Oh gosh. And we've all seen those people. And it makes you just like, oh, it makes your back hurt, you know, just looking. So, um, but that, that's why I do hormones now. It's not just for like, yay, it, it makes you feel happy. That's a big part of it, but it, it's to prevent, you know, from when we're 80 years old, so we don't wind up in a nursing home. That's well, my goal with people. And, you know, as, as you talked, talk. And I have so many things to say and ask you for sure. And I know my followers and my listeners, they DM me after these shows and ask her about this and ask her about that. And, um, there's that. So, yes. I mean, I know that because people are curious now and they want to take care and of themselves. I think it's stuff your doctor doesn't even bring up. True and you're story. just like, okay, especially incontinence. Mm-hmm. That is, I tell you what you, th- you would think that would just be part of your usual with an OBGYN. And it never is. It's just your pap smear. You get a breast exam, you get your mammogram report or your sign off for it. And then you can walk out the door and then there's maybe a Prozac prescription and then that's it. There's really no like docs except me that I know of, but, um, that are really paying attention to women of age and, um, I'm here to do that. So, cause I'm of age. So it's important to me to pass on the information that I've learned in 20 years of doing this um, and to make people feel like they're not sh- like ashamed of say a problem like incontinence. It happens to millions of women. And you would think that your OB gym would be your first person to go to, to talk about that. But people feel very uncomfortable talking about mm-hmm. leaky bladders and things. So, so mm-hmm. Lisa, me peeing on myself. People get that. I mean, now everyone, that's what we're talking about. If you're worried, if you're Googling the word, but that is a thing. It's a thing. It's huge. It's a problem. And if you've ever gone into nursing homes, what's the first thing you smell? (gasps) I hate saying it, but it it is true. It's a urine smell because we're these women and men too. Everybody's got these leaky bladders, nothing. It gets addressed. Nobody talks about it. And then you wonder why, you know, they have indwelling catheters and then they get infections from all of that. Mm -mm. And it's just one thing leads to another. Mm -mm. So if you can start 
doing things. Remember we talked about that in January. If you can start doing things in your forties to start preventing things from happening, then by the time you get to menopause, when things start kind of going, you know, down South, they start going South, Mm -hmm. you know, you can start doing things and hormones are related to that too. Um, you can start doing things early on. So when you're 60, say, or 70, you don't have, you know, you cough and you leak and you can prevent Jump. that from, yes. If you work out, it's, yes. I mean, it's a problem. It's usually cough, laugh, sneeze. And guess what? That's why we all wear black all the time. It's it's kind of true. It I'm is. not even kidding. It is. Women won't say that. It's true. But it's true. Oh, of course mm-hmm. it is. And, you know, I did, I think I told you, back in January, I did the Mona Lisa and you, we were talking about the laser versus, so I had two rounds and I'm supposed to have an August and yeah, it's, it's helped, but I didn't think I had a huge problem. Like I didn't know I needed that, but it's helped. But that's a great, that's a really great statement. I didn't know, like you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. So when it improves, you're like, Oh, I didn't know it was that bad. I didn't bad. even yeah. know it was that bad. It's the, but that's what women, and men have it too. That That's what's so funny about it. Like men don't think they're going to get all that stuff, but they do. So Mona Lisa is a, is a good product. I didn't choose that for my practice. Um, I have a, a machine called Vivive, V-I-V-E-V-E. And it is FDA approved in like 50 plus countries. It's a, it's a great little machine. What I loved about it, it's radio frequency, just like we do on our face. So when you have radio frequency on your face, what does it do? Makes collagen. So collagen makes the vaginal mucosa, the tissue puffy. So it makes it like not Mm -hmm. smooth. That's what happens as we get older. It just gets really smooth and, and not rigid. So the vagina is actually like this, like a, Mm -hmm. like waves Mm -hmm. It's called rugae waves like this that are able to expand and contract. That's how we have babies. Mm -hmm. So, but over time that smooths out, especially with lack of estrogen. So when you have a lack of estrogen and all the babies we've had and all the, and even with C-sections, you can have issues with bladder leakage, but it's amazing how like just aging can change the the topography basically mm-hmm. of the vagina of everything of everything and um so Vivive's interesting because it uses this technology that's not laser. So it's radio frequency and it's heat. You don't feel it because it has a cooling agent behind it. So you don't really notice that it's hot. Mm-hmm. So the heat causes trauma, which sounds weird, right? Mm-hmm. So trauma creates healing. Okay. So healing brings in sure. collagen. And then over time, about three to four months, the tissue in the vagina fluffs up, holds the bladder in place. So you're not going to surgery and having like bladder slings. And then, um, some people do need that still though. So there are levels of incontinence, but, um, so you have that done and then it just kind of makes things kind of puffier. So then intercourse can also feel much more like, oh yeah, I, I can feel stuff now. Mm-hmm. And cause over time, I mean, sometimes women have issues with painful. Like, not, yeah. It's all of that. Oh gosh. So it can kind of like almost resurface the tissue, almost like if you got like a, mm-hmm. your face redone, yes. like laser and CO2 lasers and stuff like that. It, remember when women get that done, their face is burned, mm-hmm. but then three months later, it's like baby soft. Sure. So healing. Regrowth, right? It's regrowth. And mm-hmm. that's why I chose that particular machine. And um, yeah, I love it. I've had it done personally three times because I had a little bit of issue with mm-hmm. um, incontinence too. And um, I only had one baby, but Abby was eight pounds, four ounces. Wow. <laughs> and um, forceps. Oh. And it was, it was a horrible delivery and um, she was worth it. But, um, you know, I've had some issues afterwards. So, and it's helped clean all that up. So I don't have any issues now with leakage. And so, you know what, Lisa, what I do not like, and and this happens a lot in different areas. It's it's happened actually with my face because I've had that CO2 laser Mm -hmm. and hurt like no oh, one's, yeah. oh, it was a horrible. Oh, and yeah. then it's I a burn. It's like yeah. burn. And now I'm seeing someone in Fort Worth that's doing exactly what you're saying, the radio frequency. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Night and day. Oh yeah. Night and day. And I'm seeing better results. Yeah. There's like a Morpheus, the Morpheus eight is a, a excellent machine. Um, that's actually microneedling mm-hmm. too. That's an interesting machine, but it also does radio frequency and, um, Ulthera. Yes, yes, yes. So I, I those are she, both Pelleve, really good. Pelleve. Yeah, yeah. Pelleve. They're all kind of the yeah. same. Yeah. So what I don't like, going back to my point, was um, I don't like that a lot of 
some physicians do not give you options like, oh, guess what? This laser does this. This one is radio frequency. This one is actually burning or whatever the case may be. Because I remember you saying to me, I'm really not sure I'd want a laser stuck up my hoo-ha. Right, so, right, no. And I've had it done twice and it was not comfortable. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't comfortable. But I don't like that there's not more education on it. You get a pamphlet and I'm like, I don't know. Yes, do it. And and I and know, like, ooh, you, you know? can attest to this. Lasers are expensive, right? Oh, they very. are insane. So why would you push two different, you know what I'm saying? Right. And so you would hope that the physician world and community and the medical world would teach you what's great for you, right. what I works best for you. you. Is that right? And what is happening is, and, and in defense, I think I said this in January, in defensive medicine, we are now seeing 60 patients a day. I was seeing that in, in my medical practice as an obstetrician and it was out of control. I mean, you cannot get anything done seeing 60 patients a day. There's no communication, there's no relationship. And for somebody like me who... I, I'm all about it. I love relationships. I want to get to know you. What's your, what your kids do and what's your, what's going on in the family? You can't do that in modern medicine anymore. And, and it's not modern. <laughs> it's like we've gone backwards where it's mm -hmm. nothing to do with modern medicine where we, we've completely missed the mark with being able to sit down and say, tell me about mm -hmm. from your head to your toes, what's going on. Right. And you can't have that anymore with your doc. So um, I'm very fortunate in that regard that I was able to reinvent my practice and completely retire from OBGYN, but take all that information and turn it into something else. So why, take, why is that? Why is it, is it greed? Is it corporate? Uh, the corporate think, world? Is it? Yeah, I think it's corporate for sure. Cause mm -hmm. a lot of these docs have like sold out too, right? Like some of these big ortho groups and everything have sold out um, with big promises and a lot of them aren't happy. Right. And so when I worked for corporate medicine and it was terrible and, um, I have a lot to say about that. Oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. It right. is just not okay. And people are just dissatisfied. They don't like their doctors anymore. Doctors are unhappy. You know, you're you're going through the motions and mm -hmm. you don't think you're doing anything for anybody anymore. And it's just kind of the grind every day, surgery or, you yeah. know, and it's just not that's the way not to good. be. It's you not. should be loving it. Because what a what a what a journey to be a physician. Oh, it's oh. a lot. It's a lot. I, oh. it's not an option for me. I mean, I don't have that brain, but even my brother was like no, nay, I'm good. <laughs> My daughter, no, because she saw it too. She's like, no way, I'm not going to do that. You were never home. Oh, yeah. You know, so in David, you know, Rittenhouse, mm -hmm. um, one of my mentors in medicine, I mean, he was gone all the time. I mean, he's working all the time and it's just a lot. And your family definitely comes second and third. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you know, it's just no way to be. Right. So we have a friend that is a physician and is, and his, his practice is, you know, corporate, very corporate. He sees, he has X number of minutes oh, yeah. to get them through and his precious daughter loves medicine. And he said, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't I agree. Do it. Is that not yeah. insane? My stepson, um, we're going to talk to him. Well, he's, he's thinking about it now. He's so sweet. He, uh, he's like, I want to go into finance. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that's the smart way to there you go because even physicians we're the smartest dumbest people you'll ever meet so we're smart in some things but terrible business people but aren't we know? all i mean stay in your lane stay you in know? your lane i get i mean i don't know i mean medicine's just so unique it's like a, an animal like no other right. so but i i hate that it's become privatized mm -hmm. and the hospitals are all you know baylor and then they buy groups and then you work for baylor and but they can fire you so that's the downside to working for big companies because mm -hmm. if you don't produce Sure. Because that's what they'll do. Let's go. Let's go. If you're not seeing a million people a week right. um, and I'm not willing to do that. Right. So, so your group at your practice would see mainly female. Yeah. At the, a, time, at the time, I, that was all but now, but I now see, I see men and women, too. you see men and mm -hmm. women and is mm -hmm. it, are that's the percentages, kind of the percentages get mostly women still, Okay, but I, my male population is definitely, I would say about I'd say about 30%. Probably. That's so fascinating. That is yeah. great. Yeah. Okay. That's good news mm -hmm. because my husband, um, he, he sees someone for his hormone health. Yeah. I mean, and very happy at 65, I think is he is, you know, yeah. where he is and we know we need help and I'm amazed and I'm curious what you think about this of the women that are my mother's age, my mother's deceased, but my mother's age that said, Never took a hormone in my life. Never did. I've sailed right through it. Did you now? I don't know if that's true. That's an interesting statement. So I talk about that all the time Tell in the me. office. So menopause doesn't end. 
So symptoms may end. Menopause itself does not end. So when you go through the change in quotes, yeah, I hate that. I hate that word. <laughs> I'm just like, when you go through to the other side and your periods stop and so the, the actual definition of menopause is no period for one year, but you can really tell if like your periods start to like and they're not normal anymore. They may be really heavy. They may be different dates. You may skip three months, you know, those sorts of things. And so that is not what I'm talking about that, that like menopause, it's not symptoms. I've got a hot flash and I feel kind of sweaty. That's not it. And those, those do subside in some people over time, but the result of menopause still continues. Your bones will continue to atrophy that is just inevitable. Skin changes, vaginal changes, dryness, skin dryness, your hair starts falling out. But the biggest problem is brain atrophy. Hmm. So the brain isn't, it just isn't getting fed anymore. And so those women that didn't take anything, their brains are suffering and mm-hmm. their bodies are suffering. And it's going to be really interesting to see our generation be 70. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm really curious about that. Like women that were privy to this information, they're like, uh-uh, but you should see some of the women I have in my practice. It is mind blowing. They're in their seventies. And I asked them, what are you doing? They've been doing the hormone therapy for years and years and years. Really? They know it doesn't cause cancer. So, but that's what we were, um, believe bought mm-hmm. in. We mm-hmm. believed that hormones cause cancer and it is not the case. We were born with it. And I was even speaking, um, last week about the fact that there was a book that I read that said, if it were true, and if, if hormones, especially estrogen cause cancer, your OBGYN would be removing your ovaries as soon as you were finished having children, if that were true. And we don't, Mm-mm. so it's not true, mm-hmm. but pharmaceutical, um, there was a medication back 18 years ago that was studied in the Women's Health Initiative. And that's when they took all comers into that study, meaning they took everybody, sick, not sick, it doesn't matter. You're always gonna have a fallout of disease mm-hmm. in a five-year period of women over 65. Cause that was the average age in that study, 65. They didn't take 30 and 40 and 50 year olds that were healthy. They took a really sick population of people anyway, cause it was a heart disease study. So who do you think they're gonna pick? If you're a heart disease patient, you're not in good shape anyway. Mm-mm. So are you going to be more you know, prone to getting cancer? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> so they got it in the study, but it was also linked to um, progestin, mm-hmm. which is a fake progesterone in pharmaceuticals. Okay. Are you listening, everyone? Repeat that, please. So Proge- progestin, not progesterone, progestin with an I-N is a fake progesterone that was in the medication called Prempro. That was the med that was studied 18 years ago in the Women's Health Initiative study that had an end result that it caused cancer, that estrogen caused cancer. That's what everybody thought. And that was not true. Estrogen did not cause cancer. It was the progestin, Mm -hmm. the fake progesterone in a pharmaceutical. Exactly. And, you know, they're never going to be like, ah, yeah, that was our fault. They're never going to do that. And it's still for sale. And that is like, I don't get that. So, and I still see women on birth control pills over 50 managing their menopause that has a fake progesterone in it. And I'm like, what are we doing? I have a friend that, um, she's, let's see, she's probably, she's probably in her sixties and still on birth control. She said, I'll never give it up. I will never get it up because I can't stand the way I feel without it. But I'm like, I guarantee you. And she doesn't listen to my podcasts because you know, she's just, yeah. Well, she's on her, she's got her yeah, things, got her blinders yeah. on. And so, um, my gosh, no, not the, I could never take the, I, I couldn't take, I mean, like I couldn't take it. It just didn't work for me. And anymore it's, there's so many generics right? and people come in and I'm like in their thirties or whatever, and they're trying to get off of it and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so which one are you taking? And they're like, Sarah. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't even know <laughs> who's what that is. Like who are, who's sitting around this table naming birth controls after women's names? Yes. Like I can't, like back in the day, you could like figure out like, oh, mm. that's that. You put these words together and it kind of goes, it sounds like the med. It is not like that anymore. So there's so many generics 20 times over now. Back when I was in practice, it was like generics were just starting to come on the scene. Mm-hmm. And I was always like, uh, what, you know, like where are these made, you know? Sure. And then you start finding out a lot of uh, generics are made overseas. And um, that's a huge problem because like your CVSs and your Walgreens and all those pharmacies, they're just going to get you wherever they can get it the cheapest. 
So every month, you know, women need to look at their pill box and say, is this the same one as I had last month? Because they're just going to get them from wherever. So what's the, uh, what is the solution on that? That my daughter is taking birth control and it's better than a baby sometimes. So there, there's a period of your life that's like, you know, (sighs) condoms aren't going to work. The odds of like people actually using those, it's just not, it's never going to be successful, but there is a time of your life that you just probably have to just suck it. Cause there isn't anything else. And then like depot shots and all that can't stand any Mm -mm. of that. So it makes people feel crazy. mm -mm. All that Norplant. And Planon, you know, it's changed names and so it, it's you just, just have a to lot. suffer through till you uh, have your children. Yeah. And then, you know, vasectomy and I send them to David Rittenhouse. <laughs> yeah, yes. That's who I send all my people to that right. need all that. All that. Yeah. He's my urologist go-to guy. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, it's just, it's what are the right answers? And, and I went through a stint here recently and I, since I've seen you, I think I hadn't had a period in a year. You know, and I'm understanding I'm post-menopause. Okay, great. I've never felt worse. You know what I mean? Like at that time, um, I have a great doctor. I love her, but it took a minute to find one. I mean, yeah, it took a minute. And because I started in Austin when I was living there, it's just too much. I had to see her, you know, too much. And um, came to to Fort Worth and found a fact, finally, but it took me about four. Two out of four wanted to take all of my parts out, wanted to give me a total hysterectomy wow. right away. Like I was, ble- I Were started they male with- doctors, by the way, two. Yeah. Okay. That so, doesn't surprise t- me. so two. So I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm just not doing it. And, um, finally found a fabulous, I mean, a fabulous doctor. She's, she's an OB-GYN, but she's now doing what you're doing. And she's like, got out of that business. Yeah, and you she's have like, to. no, but you no. don't know what you don't know. Don't know what you so don't know. So when you're in it, you're you're just in it and you just do what your colleagues are doing and everybody's doing the same thing. And then you kind of have to live up to this expectation in the corporate world that, you know, they're kind of telling you what to do, by the way. And um, so I never really fit. I didn't do very well in the seven years I was in corporate medicine because it just, it, it was too, <laughs> I'm not a corporate person, turns out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. I'm like, it took that though to realize I, I don't need to be here because this is just, it's not right. Not yeah. okay. Yeah. And um, it just never felt right. And you kind of have to toe the line with what they want you to do. And it's like that, but I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. and just, you know, it just makes an unhappy doctor basically. Right. And a lot of my, like, I know some people are still in the company and they're just like, oh my God, because mm-hmm. it's just not fun for them anymore. Sure. And you're just like a little worker bee. And it's, you went through all that education, all that training for that. Mm-hmm. And then they take a lot of your money too. So that's not good. <laughs> However, so those those of you that are going to med school now, these these kids that are going to med school, there's a you. You changed and you went to private practice. And so that's the what I mean, does that give 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 my followers and listeners hope that their kids going to med school? Are these kids going to med school? They have the opportunity to help people like you do, right? They can't. They can't. So this, they're teaching them, they're brainwashed. I, God, I, I'm probably not the right person to say, <laughs> but at the, in my opinion, and I've gone to even the school I went to here, UNT, I've even given a talk a few years ago to a group. It was like a lunchtime group or whatever. And I'm like pushing the private practice thing. And you can, one of the kids, I, I will never forget. I say kids are 25, but they said, um, but the school's telling us we'll probably work for a hospital or a big group. And I was like, Oh, really? And I said, that's not true. And they, they kind of grab you and they say, we can, we can get better like billing for you. We can do all this stuff. And then when I got out of it, I was getting exactly the same billing. So mm-hmm. everything they told me, I can get better deals. I can do this. We can, we can do manager stuff. It, it was not true. I could do all of that on my own. It was harder a little bit, but it was, it was doable. Mm -hmm. So going to medicine and you put all that effort in to go work for somebody else Mm -hmm. is insane to me. But we have to have physicians. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. But I would encourage anybody, if you've got a listener on here right now that has a kid in med school, I would be like, encourage them to go on their own, maybe find a partner in your residency and then just go do your own thing. Right. But I work alone and I prefer it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, only because it's just too many chefs in the kitchen. (laughs) You'll appreciate that cliche, Mm -hmm. but yeah, there, it's just, it gets too, too much. And so I have like a nurse practitioner I'm looking at now and the, 
and then another girl who who got her nurse practitioner license, she's probably going to come back and do a couple of days here and there for me. Um, but you know, like working on your own is also very lonely. Sure. You know, so I kind of miss like the camaraderie, but I don't think I'd want to go mm -mm. back to that situation no. any day. So don't altogether blame your doctor because they're just in lumped in this horrible situation. And it's it's their fault kind of, but but they're also not very brave to get out and say, we're not doing this anymore. Mm -hmm. Stand up and say, no, we're going to go on our own. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. I was just like, no. Next. Yeah, no, yes. I'm not. You're not going to give me a total hysterectomy. No. That is insane. But that is what we're taught. Right. And even if you're going to a male doctor too, I guess you just don't have the parts. Mm -hmm. I, I just like, it would be like me being a urologist for men. Yeah. I, I, I really don't think I'd have a business because who would come to me if you, if you're a man, what a man would say, you don't have the parts, mm -hmm. but women are He's, they just go to a male OB-GYN and just do whatever they say. And it's like, yeah. but you can't empathize. But you know, it's all. so funny, Lisa, <laughs> when the, the Mona Lisa, my, what do we call that? Vaginal rejuvenation. Yes. Yeah, yes. there we go. So when I had it, so I asked the doctor, male, I asked him, I said, does it hurt? And he goes, I don't know. Oh, at least of he said, he, I don't know. He said, I don't know. And we laughed. Oh, and, I mean, and, I mean, but it was true. He's like, I don't know. Ask her. And That's, she's like, I'm pregnant. Her. I don't know. So, so Oh, that is odd. Yeah, it was, it was, a I would joke. just say, I, I don't even know. Like I, that's just not even a great answer. I, I mean, that's very odd to me. But, so yeah. I'll say this in my practice and everybody knows this. I'm very transparent. And I say, I've literally tried everything in my practice before I would even buy it to then do to you. Cause then I can thoroughly explain this oh. to you and did it work or did it not? Cause if it didn't work, I wouldn't have it in here. Absolutely. So that's the difference I think between like a personality, a doctor with a little bit of a personality yeah. that is honest and, and easy mm -hmm. to talk to versus somebody right. that's just more stiff and in a white coat. Right. So. Yeah. And he was very easy to talk to. He's funny, but he still wanted to take all my parts out. And that's not yeah, happening. That's not okay because you need them. And there was a very, very small study done many years. I can't, I can't, recite the date and all of that. But I remember studying for my boards and there was a tiny study that said, if you leave ovaries in a woman over 65, she has the tendency to live eight years longer. So oh. there's something, there's Say something that again. so women over 65, if you actually hung on to your ovaries, you have a tendency to live up to eight years mm -mm. longer. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. So there's something with like even a menopausal ovary, there has to be some kind of correlation or were those women in that group just healthier in general? I, you know, I don't know because they yeah. cut their ovaries, you know, was there some health benefit earlier on in their life that then they were able to proceed into their sixties and mm -hmm. they were better. Right. Right. So let me ask you this. So, um, so I've, I've, I've was balanced. I think I said, okay, I started with, with, uh, my physician before I met you. And then, because I was bounced around, I was trying to find and um, found her just kind of balancing out because I'm, I'm 56, I think, and so <laughs> can't remember, 56. So, but then here recently, Lisa, start bleeding. Here we go again. That's, yeah, it's not right. And I did the, uh, we did, um, oh gosh, we did a biopsy. There's nothing, there was no, nothing. There never usually is. Yeah, there wasn't. So what has happened to you? And couldn't get in, couldn't get into right. me. Had and to there's go a reason for I that. Yeah, so explain to us what happened That's to me. an estrogen issue. So See? remember, the cervix is a circle and it has a, I'm trying to think what would be the easy, the consistency of this part of your thumb right here. This okay. is called the thenar eminence. The prostate feels like that. The cervix feels like that. It's kind of funny, like parts so of the you, base of your hand. The, yes, the thumb, right there. By your bottom of your thumb. Yes. If you kind of squish it, that's what the cervix feels like. So it's kind of hard, Okay. but there's a hole in the middle. Mm -hmm. And so that's where during intercourse, sperm will go through that hole into the uterus to find the fallopian tube. And then the fertilization occurs in the tube halfway. But as we get older, that will close down. Mm -hmm. because of lack of estrogen, or if women have had procedures on their cervix, like a leap where you have to get or freeze, or you have an abnormal pap. Yeah. And then you have to have these procedures and that scars the, mm -hmm. that, that area down. So then biopsies, a biopsy becomes extremely uncomfortable and very painful because you have to like yeah. get through. Oh yeah. So that's, that's, you know, that's stuff that like people don't warn you about. And so ah. it's just terrible. So, um, but that, yeah, that's just what happens. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. And this, this doctor did say to me, he said, I am not going in. I'm like, go in. You got this. Yeah. I mean, cause I'm a strong woman. 
And he said, I'm telling you, you will kick me. So, I mean, you, oh, yeah. it will be so. Anesthesia. So I went, that's when I changed and, you know, I was in denial. But, but what has happened with you, if you are a woman on hormones and you have a bleeding episode, and this happens to me in the, my, my practice, you know, probably a couple of times a month. So um, when you're on estrogen and not enough progesterone, you will bleed. Right. So progesterone, just like the birth control pill, because what is the birth control pill? Estrogen and progesterone or progestin. So that is what stops you from bleeding when you take the birth control pill continuously. Remember when the birth, when you took mm-hmm. birth control, you had no, hardly any cycle at all or none, mm-hmm. but that's what should be happening in menopause. You shouldn't be bleeding. Mm-hmm. So the estrogen that you're taking isn't being leveled out with progesterone and women miss progesterone pills all the time. So the progesterone that they should be taking, they miss two or three days. You're screwed. Right. And then, well, what happened with the birth control pill? Mm-hmm. You took the pill, oh. you missed days. You bled. You bled. It's exactly ah. the same thing. So that's what's happening. Ah. So exactly what happened. She said, let's get you, okay, let's level you mm-hmm. out. Let's give you some progesterone, a little extra yes. for a few days. Yes. And then and it stopped. And it instead stopped. of doing a biopsy. Instead of doing a biopsy. So I always start with that and you can even get a sonogram and a sonogram is always my go-to first. And then I can see how thick that lining is. And do you need a biopsy? Right. I never go to biopsy first because it's uncomfortable. Oh yeah. So my, my deal is sonogram, progesterone, and then the last resort is always biopsy because that's too invasive and it's too uncomfortable for people. So Lisa, I don't know if you can talk on this because I've all my girlfriends and you know, we are talkers now. We are 50 years old and we talk about it. I mean, we really do. My group for sure. You You know, um, we talk about it and um, a lot of us are, well, we are all a little different. I'm on now on the estrogen patch the progesterone pills, caplets, and the testosterone cream. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's that's, that, that, that's what mm-hmm. I, that's, that is mm-hmm. what I've done. You know, the testosterone was the last, no, no, it, it's estrogen last added. However, I have friends that do pellets. And they're I amazing. Have, I have friends, mm-hmm. I did the pellets, mm-hmm. didn't work out for me. So is everyone just, do you look at each person and it's, we're not cookie cutter, right? Or not you, at all. Okay. You decide. To a degree we are, cause we're all going through on a biologic level, the same types of things, but it's also lifestyle. So if you're not doing all these other things over here, then you're never going to be rewarded when you are, are actually on hormone replacement. So if I'm competing with type two diabetes and triglycerides that are 400 and your lifestyle is terrible, me giving you hormones is never going to work because all of that other stuff is always going to overshadow all of that. Because so, you need a lab panel, right? You yeah. got to do blood. Oh yeah. 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 And then, but you've got to change your lifestyle. You have to, you have to start in your forties. And if you're overweight and all these things, you, you've got to get that under control because it does not get better. As soon as you hit 51, 52, if you're not in good shape by then, it's going to be a hell of a ride. Mm -hmm. It's just too hard. And so I, I cannot tell you enough. Like if somebody comes in and they're 55 and they have all these issues, I make sure we get all of that under control first and explain to and them, then. I'll still do your hormones, but you're never going to reap the benefit of a hundred percent until you get rid of all that other garbage wow. that you've got going on in your life. I mean, that is huge. I mean, it's because huge. I do know there are some friends of mine go and they get pellets and they don't have any extensive life. They just look at their hormones mm-hmm. and that's not right. Yeah. Right? We, we do, um, I do like hemoglobin A1C for diabetes, triglycerides to see heart markers, C-reactive protein to also look at heart markers and inflammation. I do the whole the whole the thing. Whole panel. Mm-hmm. And you do you recommend doing that quarterly? We do it every other time. So that would be every Six months. Six months. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. So we don't, yeah, I'm, I don't pull blood that much because it doesn't, it's not that rapid, rapid of a change in that short of a time period, but, but I can definitely tell if somebody's improving. So I get, I get baseline labs on people and that's when we sit down and say, okay, this, this is where you're at. This, this has got to change, mm-hmm. but we're going to watch it. And then I give them a minute. You know, like I'm like, you gotta digest I, it. You have to, cause it's just so much information and it's like, you know, you're, you're not going to, so it took a minute to get 50 pounds on you. It's going to take a minute to get it off and then everything else. And the biggest thing I see with people is alcohol. That's a big, big 
problem in Fort Worth. I don't know if it's just here, um, but a lot of people have alcohol um, as just part of their daily life. And like the 45 year old, you know, red wine thing. I don't know what that's about, but it's just like, it's wine o'clock. It's like, no, that does not need to be on your agenda if you're not well. Now, if you are physically in good shape and you can have, you can have a little bit of wine, who cares? But until then, my answer is always going to be no to alcohol. Right. And I have a lot of people have liver enzymes. You know, I check all those. I can tell if people are drinking. Mm-hmm. I can already tell. Right. I'm like, I already know what's going on here. So they're like, oh, okay. You know? Right. So, but you can tell the liver enzymes by the time they get to 51, 52, and they're seeing me and men, and men too, you can see their, their numbers start changing. And that's when I know, mm-hmm. and they can't really hide that. My doctor, t- when I met her last year and started, she, she took me off wine for sugar. Mm-hmm. I mean, a, a mm-hmm. inflammation took me off. Gosh, it's definitely during COVID. So, and I think in eight months now, probably. And I did try recently to reintroduce, mm-hmm. ugh, not good. Yeah. And I love wine. I'm in the culinary world. I love it. Yeah. I have friends and it just in my body says no. Cause and it was never meant to. Right, right. Right. And I always tell people if it's something that you're not sure about, if it doesn't serve you, then the answer is no. Right. So exactly. if it doesn't serve you and you feel giddy and you feel weird and now I'll have, you know, a drink every so often or mimosa or whatever. I mean, it's not very often, but I never feel great afterwards. I'm always like, ah, I should have probably done that. Well, you know, I, you love, know. I don't know if you follow me. I, I love my puppies. I know. I know. <laughs> I just love the grapefruit juice. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. But seriously, if my doctor, <sighs> she is not, I mean, let me tell you on top of my labs, like, Oh yeah, you have to be. Yeah. But thousand. that's why I only see 20 people a day. Yeah. And then guess what? Oh, I can be on top of your laps and I'm not killing myself, you know, delivering two babies a day and seeing 60 patients and hiring two nurse practitioners who I hope are checking your laps. Right. That's medicine. Mm -hmm. And that's why people are so disgruntled and they feel like they're not getting anything out of their relationship with their doctor because they're not, Mm -hmm. there isn't a relationship. So you have to find somebody Mm -hmm. that hasn't burned out or doesn't see that many people. Right. How many people approximately do you um, see a day? 20 a day. 20. About. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's doable. Yes. And that's in about five hours. Right. Right. That is amazing. But remember, hormones are quick. So my repeat patients, it, they're five minutes and I pop them in, we're joking around and laughing and everything. And then they walk out the door and, and I've seen these women for years. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are women that have been in my life for and you know, years. you know them, yeah. right? Yeah. I love and they, that. And they come back and they get a little Botox while they're there. And, right. Well, that's nice. Yeah. So I do that because it's in correlation. <gasps> I didn't with realize Alice. that. Mm-hmm. I didn't I do all know that. that. Mm-hmm. So you I do, do aesthetic stuff. Oh, that, the aesthetics. Okay. Yeah. Hello. I do filler, and I, my my specialty is lips. Is so it? that's my, I love, I do like filler. Like I love filler. Like I'll do that for people, but I love doing lips. Do you really? Cause I don't make them crazy. I don't make them look, you know, so people come to me specifically for a natural, nobody really knows look. And I have a very te- like special technique that I do that will give you like the lines in the lip go away and all these things. Wow. So lips are my favorite thing. One stop mm-hmm. shopping people. But if you think about it, like if you do a pellet every three to four months, Botox is due every three to four months. Mm-hmm. So you see me, you get your pellet done. I move you over to the, the Botox room and then I do the rest of your stuff and then you're on your way. Question for you. I think, okay, so I started my um, women's health journey when I was 39, 40. Okay. I, that's when I started my, 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 and I, we've talked about that before, started back Gosh, that's been a while. And um, thank goodness I did, because you said women should definitely start in their 40s mm-hmm. to take care For of sure. themselves. So I did do that. So I did it. And it's gone up and down, up and down. So started Botox probably when I was 45, mm-hmm. 45. So now we're on year 11. And why is it not working? Same woman. Interesting. Same woman has for 11 years. It's, same it's woman, probably the product. Same woman. Yeah. Same practice. I trust them truly. What do you think? I mean, she's... You just get used to it. So your body's just like... Metabolizing nah, it? I get is- it. Yeah. And I use a product called Xeomin. Okay. Yeah, I love that. That I've, was my question. I've used that. I And even though my license plate says Botox Doc... I don't use Botox. I saw you the other day. <laughs> and I, I mill about town and people laugh and I can see him mouthing like, ha ha, that's funny. And then... Um, so yeah, I don't even use the product, which but everybody recognizes the name. 
So there's a product called Xeomin by MERS Aesthetic, M-E-R-Z, German company. So of course, right, they always sort of do things better, but they took a great product and made it better. So it's very, very similar in chemical structure to Botox, but they took out the particles in it that you don't need. So the proteins and things that may potentially cause allergic reactions, they took it out. So it's a, it's not, it's, it's, uh, and I, I do this. I say it, you have a Mrs. Myers bottle and then you have a bottle of bleach. Mm-hmm. So Mrs. Myers is still chemicals, but it's less mm-hmm. or like Lysol or whatever cleaner. Um, so that's a similar analogy. So it's still chemical, but it's less chemicals. Okay. And I love that because that kind of goes along with like what I love anyway. It's right. just the, the least amount of chemicals that we can put mm-hmm. on ourselves, the better. Sure. But Xeomin has just been my go-to and I love that. But I will say this, when you put a needle into somebody's forehead or here, you can even do chin. Between you your do, eyes. You okay, can do lips, lips chin, mm-hmm. Botox around the eyes here, here. So when you do that, um, you have to be careful with the space that you're in. So if a person goes too deep or too superficial, they're not in the right space. Mm -hmm. So depending on your injector, they can actually be in the wrong place. Mm. So what I do, I go in, especially a really thick muscle group. I go into the periosteum, which is the bone, which sounds terrible. I know it's not a big deal. Um, Go down and pull back just a little bit. Then I know I'm in the muscular space. And if you pull back too much, you're right below the skin in the subcutaneous space and you're not going to get as good of a result in that space. And this, everyone, is why I'm not a doctor. Yeah, it's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot, but I love it. And I mean, I think coming from a surgical background too, that's why I love this injectable stuff because it's not almost like surgery to me. Like I miss being in the operating room. That was, that was a love of mine and you work so hard to get there and then... I do miss that. And I don't miss the stress of it because there could be days that it's pretty crazy, but um, I do miss operating. And um, to me, when I use my hands, it's the skill set is still here. You know what I mean? And so when I put it here, that to me is like surgery and I take it seriously like surgery. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Because let me tell you, yeah, you know, there's one on every, every corner now. There's one. And I don't agree with that. You know, I don't agree with that. I don't agree. It is. And you can go to a court, you can learn it on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have, okay, that's fine. But if you don't have surgical training back here, Mm -mm. you're not going to have an appreciation for when you get into trouble. So what makes a good doctor is when you get yourself out of trouble. Mm -hmm. You can, you can teach anybody to do surgery, but it's when you get in a pickle, Mm. how you get yourself out of the pickle. Mm -mm. That's a, that's a dog that that, but that's experience, right? That's why you should go to somebody that has a little bit of technique and, and a little bit of, that will tell you no as well. Like we're not doing that. You don't need that. You know, things like that. And I, I tell people no all the time. And I, the respect that I get in return is so amplified Mm -hmm. because they're like, oh my gosh, she told me no. Right. She must really care about me. Exactly. I do. And it's like, you don't need it. Like don't waste your money. I know. Like stop. You You don't need it. And like I said, I've gone to my gal for what, 15 years now and love her. And she says, no, she's, she, she will say no. I'm like, but, but, but no, seriously, listen to me. No. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That's a good person. I mean, it's a good person, Mm -hmm. but okay. So what do you say to me that did Botox? What's the other one? It's Xeomin. And then there's Dysport. Okay. So we tried, messed around with the Dysport and everything, but it would Mm -hmm. work for a while. Yes. And then, so is that a metabolism issue, you know, workout a ton? Yeah, that, that's a, potentially. That sucks. Yeah. But a lot of places too, you have to be careful because like the dilution. So yeah. when you get a vial, it's a hundred units in a vial. It's a powder and you reconstitute it with a fluid. There's a sterile fluid, like, like a, you know, watery fluid basically to make it like, it looks like this. I mean, it literally looks water. like water. And so um, some places... You can over dilute and then you get 150 units out of a vial when it really should only be 100. So they've just diluted it down to make more money on it, out of it. So I don't, I'm very wary of like those Botox parties. Right. Cause I'm like, you don't know what they're doing to that product and they, they will take your money and you just have to be very, very careful about that. So I'm not into that. We dilute exactly like it should be. I was going to ask you, is diluting a thing? It is a thing. It is a thing. Okay. So that's a big deal. And so the biggest thing that I didn't love Dysport, and this is just me being OCD about stuff. I didn't like Dysport 
and my reps will kill me because I love the other Galderma products. The, mm-hmm. the, the Restylane products are my favorite, except I don't use Dysport. Mm-hmm. So, um, because it was diluted differently. And I've always said, if I have a, if I have say your glass in this glass mm-hmm. and they look the same, I don't even know what that is. Mm-hmm. Like if the needles got mixed up and the dilution's different, you don't know if that or that is yeah. what water is that? Sure. Is that Fiji? Is this Pana? Oh, is exactly. it whatever? Exactly. You don't know. Right. So that's why I don't use multiple uh, neurotoxins in my office because the dilution is different. And I'm not willing to take a risk of picking up a needle wondering what it is because it can get marked wrong. It can be left there. You just don't know. Wow. And those are little like side notes because that's my life in the back Mm -hmm. that a person like you as a patient wouldn't know, but that's why I do the things that I do. I stick to one product. I know exactly what I'm doing. I know what I'm getting. I know if I pick something else up, it's not something else. So here's a question for you. Do you, do you have, do you do? Yeah, I've got, my whole face is, <laughs> oh, I'm not ashamed at all. Cause you're my fabulous. nose. Fabulous. I've got, this is radius. I've got radius in my cheeks. Uh-huh. That's another awesome Do you do product. it yourself? You do yeah. it yourself? For the most part. I've got a really good friend. Her you freaking do yourself? <laughs> backwards oh in the God. mirror like this. No, and you're I like, am. hopefully I'm putting in the right amount. Oh my gosh. I, I have a really good friend and I totally recommend her. Her name's Beth Delport and she's at Define in South Lake. And she, she'll do like my jawline and things like that if I need it. Cause I can't, there's just some things I can't do, but I've done my chin. I Botox my chin. Cause you know that dimply thing. Yeah. I, yeah, I can see that. We call that like a golf ball chin. And a lot of people will get like pores right here. And mm-hmm. if you make like certain movements, but if you Botox right there or anything, zoom in, it'll release these muscles right here. So you have a smooth chin, mm-hmm. but you can like some people, especially as we get older, we recede and you can restructure the chin. So it'll like pulls back out and to give you more of an oval, but yeah, I'm all done. The whole, my whole thing is <laughs> I even had my nose done. I went to New York and had my nose done. I did that myself recently to straighten it out. Um, I mean, I'm just, I just, I can't, do all that. I can't even imagine mm-hmm. what you can restructure. That's, that's my favorite part of like, not fillers necessarily, but like restructuring sure, and sure. giving like different profiles, making a nose straight. Mm-hmm. I can like get rid of the hump in a nose. I can give you a boop on the end. Um, yeah. Chins, cheeks. I love radius here. Cause it gives you like that line. Like you've got that very defined line right here. Mm-hmm. That's where your highlighter goes. That looks awesome on women over 50 just to give them a little ridge right here. It's but good. you know what I've used forever? I say forever since I started injectables and I, it's expensive. I couldn't start. I was, you know, mm-hmm. I was, I know I was a single mom. Well, it I'm used not... to be $25 a unit back in the day. Exactly. And that was a lot of, that was Lisa Rena. Remember she did her lips yes. and all oh, gosh, it was for movie stars. Yeah. So that wasn't a thing, but I remember when I started, but I, what I love is Sculptra. I love yeah, Sculptra. It's a great I product. Love, mm-hmm. love, love, love. And it's, but you I have to start it. that early. You start it early. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, I think, I, yeah, I think, uh, my husband was asking, uh, my, the, the doctor that does it. And she's like, it's no, can't, and you can't start because, but when I started, I mean, and I just love it. Like I, she does it and then you don't see it. And right. then you wake up one day and you go, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cause it's working. <laughs> it's working. It's a delayed like a delayed reaction. It's collagen, right? It's collagen yeah, it produces produces, produces collagen, mm-hmm. which gosh. And that's another um, Galderma we product. Were. Great product. Um, but you do have to start that like in your thirties and forties because putting it in a face that's kind of saggy, you don't want that getting more saggy because it's a delayed reaction. So when you put sculpture in, it takes a minute, like three months for it to actually produce the collagen and like change your face. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to change a face of a a person. And I'm very honest with people. I'm like, Hey, maybe it's time for a neck lift. Yeah. And then I've, I've got friends all over the place that like give discounts too. Um, I've got a, a plastic surgeon in Dallas that will give my patients 25% off, which is a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, he's excellent. Sam Jajurikar is his name. He did my, um, augmentation lift and I've had a tummy tuck and I tell all my patients that and I'm like, go get a tummy tuck. Right. Because I'd lost so much weight and, um, it wasn't going anywhere. So I had to get the skin. All that. Right? Yeah. It was so hangy. And so I was like, you know, I've worked really hard and I'm just going to get it taken off. Mm-hmm. And, and I had to, I had a, um, diastasis recti, which is after having a baby, you get the split in your rectus muscle. Nice. So I had a little one of that. I know. Great. <laughs> thanks, Abby. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, thanks for all of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, um, 
but yeah, I had all that sewed back together. So I had a little bit of a gap because you can get a hernia through that too. So I had that sewed back and yeah, but Sam's awesome. And he's, he's a guy that will also say, you don't need it. Exactly. Cause like, while you're in there, can you do some butt implants? And he's like, absolutely not. No. You're not getting there. No. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Okay. So but he, yeah, says, no. That's but he says no. And I have so much respect. That's why I send everybody him. But again, I can vouch because I had surgery with mm-hmm. him. Exactly. So I'm like, I know Sam and he will do a great job for you because he did a great job for me. Hmm. I'm going to take you back to the Botox and yeah. Z- I can't say the word. Xeomin. 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 Mm-hmm. Why is it every word? And it's, but it's with an X, X and it's weird. You want to say like a Z. Xeomin. Yeah. But X. it's Xeomin with yeah. an X. Yeah. So with that, do you really think of, of someone like myself or friends of that, that, that Botox is not working or disported, whether that switching to another yes, product I would. may help? Yeah. For sure. Wow. For Isn't sure. Fascinating. And you may have just come in more frequently because some people are just heavy metabolizers and it just mm-hmm. is what it is. And that's okay. Okay. So or you, you can just go into it and have it at home like I do and you just do it every, whenever you want. <laughs> oh, my gosh. oh, it's in the fridge yeah. next to the milk. Yeah. Just get it. <laughs> just, go. just get it. Just go. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I showed my, it was funny the other day, um, my little stepdaughter was over. She's going to be 11. <laughs> and, um, I was just doing it in the mirror. I was like, get in here, girl. You're going to, I'm showing you what we did, what Lisa does. Wow. And she stood there and just looked at me and I was like, she was like, okay. She goes, does it hurt? And I was like, no, it's not really. But, but it was just funny to see her face. But I'm like, this is, this is what I do for my job. Mm-hmm. And so she was just looking. It was just kind of funny. It's amazing mm-hmm. to me. Um, I mind, but I don't mind getting shots. I mean, it is what it is drawing blood mm-hmm. on my, my quarterly or whatever, you know, it takes, you know, however many vials. I don't enjoy that. I cannot give myself a shot. I can't. I can't. And recently, really? no, ma'am. <laughs> no, ma'am, no how. And I've done a couple. It's just like a little prick. Now, if if I was diagnosed with something, I, you know. Yeah. But recently, I have been diagnosed with psoriasis in the scalp. And so okay. I went through all of the, I've been through everything. I mean, for a year now, it. I've been through everything, like every, so now it's the shots. So they're doing the shots mm. and they're like, you have to give they're them to steroid, yourself. Right. Okay. No, it's not a steroid. Um, Skyreasy. It's, it's, I don't know I, what that is. Anyway. So, and I have you, a recommendation for you that. Have, well, I'm ready to hear it, but I have to give the freaking shots underneath my armpit because oh. that's where I have fat underneath right oh, here. You don't have it anywhere else. Well, well I, I found it, but this is where, this is where, the, and I'm like, how am I supposed, first of all, I don't get do it moves. So I have to go. <laughs> I like chasing yeah. uh-huh. So I have to go drive to Dallas to my derm. Oh, no. And but it's you know so. But and that's a stress response, by the way, psoriasis. One thousand percent. That is a you don't get psoriasis out of nowhere. Like that's stress at fifty six at fifty five. And as long as they know that's what it is, believe it or not, here's another. That I'm glad you brought that up. Of a lot of patients that have hair issues, hair's falling out, um, thinning. Da da da. Did you know that there's a scalp fungus that is a natural part of our natural flora on our hair, on our scalp, sorry. Um, Nizoral is an antifungal shampoo that you can get at CVS. Say it again. Nizoral, N-I-Z-O-R-A-L, Nizoral. Old school, been around forever and ever. Has fluconazole in it, 1% great for scalp health, believe it or not. I wash my hair with that at least once a week. Cause I'm like, ew, fungal. Like I'm just, cause I have little patches in my head too, that I'm like, this isn't right. So, and, and through stress and everything else, but like, um, I I'll do that shampoo at least once a week. Okay. So I've done shampoo. That's a good one. To, but is had, it that's it's a medicated shampoo though. So or even I've, head and shoulders, zinc. So I've done the over-the-counter that she told me to do. I've done the the prescribed. I've done the foam. I've done the cream. I've done everything. Now, now, and then the 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 oral. Uh, uh-uh. uh. I mean, I took it in severe nausea. I mean, like, oh, geez, horrible. Okay, so keep going on. You know, I'm like, oh my gosh, what else? And so the shots. It's every okay. So it's once a month, and then I wait a quarter and do it again. But I'm like, and I do CBD. And I, okay, I, you know, that. we're going to have that conversation, yeah. but that, that's like... a big one for anti-inflammatory because it's all inflammation reactions. So that, and that's a big part of why Trey and I got into it, um, because of what I saw in my own medical career that could be fixed with a lot of, um, if you have to, you have to stay on it though. Like you have to be on CBD every day and we're trying to teach people, this is like a daily supplement and not something you take 
because it's kind of getting sold for like opioids and anxiety. It's more than that too. It's, it's for general health and wellness. And so, but for scalp health, it, it works for that too. Is, so, it a, is it oral or is it? Yeah, you just take the, you can do a capsule or an oil or there's CBD shampoos, but I'm still very skeptical about like lotions and potions and bath bombs. And we're kind of not into that with our company. Mm-hmm. Um, we're more in the serious side of like the medical medicinal side of CBD, but um yeah, it's just, there's so many things with hair and I all know. these reactions and, and you see eczema and psoriasis and all these things. Oh, I it's mean, horrible. It's terrible. It's and horrible. I've, I've seen, uh, so another thing that you could try, um, I did this on a, she's a nurse at JPS, one of my favorite patients. She's wonderful. She had, um, lichen sclerosis, very similar to these auto, like these autoimmune, autoimmune. things. Mm-hmm. I injected PRP mm-hmm. and it actually cleared it up. So this may be too much information, but she had it on her labia. Wow. She had a thick, it was very tough, almost like elephant skin. Mm-hmm. So lichen sclerosis is a like a toughening of the skin, but very autoimmune. And it itches so badly. Oh, it, yeah. it, like women will say, oh yeah, this is, this is like, they're in the middle of the night, they wake up, they're bleeding because they've scratched their vaginal parts so much. And I injected the labia, mm-hmm. which you can imagine how she must've felt oh, my stars. with, with PRP platelet rich plasma. plasma. Mm-hmm. And I, I swear to God, I saw her yesterday and it was gone. No man. And I went through a series of three and the whole thing is completely resolved. But she was also like a diabetic, overweight. So it was all these things that had added then or contributed to her getting this. She's lost weight. She's done her thing, but the PRP cleared it up. So you may want to try PRP in your hair. Guess what I'm going to do tomorrow? Call Dr. Lisa Gardner and see if I can get in. What yeah, if I can get PRP. in? Yeah, probably. I, I think I'm pretty sure I have all the kit ready and all that stuff. So yeah, crazy. But, but not for hair growth because it gets sold as hair growth as well. Some people it works on, some people mm-hmm. it doesn't. But if you have an inflammatory reaction, I would inject PRP underneath it and then see if it, it'll just clean it up. And it's your, your own product. Just yeah. your body's oh, yeah. own blood, I did that you know? PRP on my elbow yeah, and my knees and my low back and it worked on my elbow, but yeah. it didn't work everywhere. You it know doesn't what I mean? work everywhere. It doesn't right? work everywhere. So, and then there was something mechanical wrong with me, you know, mechanically oh, yeah. wrong, but so oh, yeah, yeah, for People sure. Like, oh, it didn't work. Well, I'm sorry, but yeah, PRP is great for like, like patches of things and skin reactions. And, um, there's all sorts of things you can do with Lisa, that. I am miserable. I mean, I, I bet it's gross. It's disgusting. Well, it's itchy. And, mm-hmm. but like, even I would just do head and shoulders for a really long time. You'd be surprised that zinc mm-hmm. will clean that up. Man. Women's health people. I know it's and a lot. Men's. I mean, seriously, well, men get it, yeah, men get it too. And you know who, like, a, I don't know if you read green lights by Matthew McConaughey. Mm-mm, no, but that's on the list. It's a really great book. I'm um, really easy read. And, um, he shaved his head for a part and, um, he said the producers were really angry with him, but he wanted to, he gets into his parts. Apparently like, when you read his book and he kind of gets into character and does all these crazy things. Well, he shaved his head and he had so many patches of psoriasis that he didn't even know he had. Mm-mm. So he had to clean that up. And he was very transparent about that in his book. He said, I had had all this like scalp issue. I didn't even know I had, um, but a lot of it is fungal and people don't realize that, that it may not be psoriasis. So if it doesn't go away, right? Like you keep treating it. It may not be psoriasis then. So it could be a fungal infection and that seborrheic keratosis is a thickening of the skin. A lot mm-hmm. of people will get it on their faces, oh. but you can get that on your scalp. Mm-hmm. Got it. And it could be that. And yeah. that's why it's not going away with all your other stuff. Okay. You're going to die on this one. And then I'm, I'm, we're going to let everybody go, but okay. I saw a dermatologist, a real dermatologist. Okay. I see this fabulous woman in Dallas now. So saw the dermatologist. Yeah, that's psoriasis. Okay. What do I do? Brings a brush into my, to me, a bristled brush and said, scrape it off. Oh boy. Scrape it off. Okay. Now it was when it was a little tiny patch and I'm just yeah. like, this is so yeah. weird. Scrape it off. All right. Then put this medicine on it. Use the shampoo. You'll be fine. It'll go away. Spread like wildfire. Uh-huh. It's all over my scalp now. Yeah. And I told it's fungal. this doctor in <laughs> that's Dallas, I, I, I told her mm-hmm. and she would, she was trying to be so professional and she just went, wait, who told you that? No, wait, don't, t- don't say their name. Was this a physician? And I said, yes, ma'am. And, and, and you know, she didn't, she didn't, she just went, she shook her head and she said, you don't scratch 
abrasions. <laughs> you don't do that. You don't see it. And she said, and look, and she just, she had tears in her eyes because it was just, is that crazy? But yeah. if it spread, I mean, that, that makes me lean towards more fungal because yeah. fungal loves to go other places. It loves it. So I mean, it, it, just, it lives, it's like a normal part of our flora, mm -hmm. just like staph is on our skin. So I just learned this recently that a fungus can be part of a normal scalp flora. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm blown away by that. So that's why I use, um, the, uh, the fluconazole shampoo once a week. Cause that just made me go, Ugh, I don't yeah. like the sound of that. Yeah. yeah. And you know, yeah. those of you listening, yes, I did cut out sugar. I cut out, I did everything. I stopped taking certain stuff. I did. I, did. I stopped everything to do the elimination to make sure. Oh, yeah. oh I've yeah. done it all. I don't, I don't just, you know, but still hadn't figured it out, but we're going to figure it out. That's so bad. I know. It's, it's yucky. There's so much. With the I bleeding mean, and all that other oh, yeah, fun but stuff. That, that's, that's an easy, <laughs> that's that was easy. easy that was progesterone. Yeah. But that, that would be more of a fungal that's treatment, I would something. think. Oh, yeah. Gosh. I love just, talking to it's you. It's a lot. And we could, <gasps> at some point we need to go through thyroid and we need yes. to go through, there, there's all that. I see so much dysfunction with thyroid. It is mind blowing. Mm -hmm. I would say one in three people that come, every third person has a thyroid disorder. Oh I'm just like, what? So I'm starting to treat people now with iodine, with liquid iodine. So I've done some research on what that can do for your metabolism and, and boosting your uh, T3, which is your active form of thyroid and um, bit iodine supplement. So I have that in the office now. It's liquid and wow. all kinds of DHEA. There's all kinds of things mm -hmm. that you can do to help like get older. And, yeah. and then the other thing I just want to leave you with is uh, peptides. So peptides are injectables, but it can stimulate your body's own growth hormone which are amazing. And I've been doing those for years. Um, peptides are great for like fat loss. They help with skin. It helps with bone. It helps with tendons, all the things, right. That we start suffering from like, ow, my knee. So I do peptides and all that. So peptides, testosterone, estrogen, you when, do you, it all. when you do it all, it really does make a difference. It does, it make, does a difference. make a difference. And yes, we know it's expensive, but your health is expensive. Yeah, but I don't buy other stuff anymore. Like I spend all my money on that. <laughs> like I'm good. I just, I just want to buy all this. It's all, <laughs> all good. This stuff. All the stuff. Well, it is a pleasure to Thank see you. Thank you for having me again. Thank you. Okay. You promised me you will come back with your fabulous husband. Yes. And we are going to talk about CBD yeah, because I yeah, am so huge. uneducated in that. And I hear more and more of what the opportunities are for healing Oh, with yeah. CBD. And, and I'll I'm, say this. So I say, I'll leave you with one last thing. I'll leave you the second one last thing uh, is um, if you go to Google, go to the Google toolbar, go to Google Scholar, type in CBD and it will blow your mind. Why? Google Scholar. Google. All the research is there. So people think like CBD is new. CBD got discovered in 1980 in Israel the motherland, which is amazing to me, like THC and CBD were discovered in Israel. I think I, Dr. Machulam, I'm, I'm blown away by that. Um, it is old. It has been around forever and it works. And the research is there. America is just about 20 years behind. So they don't want to admit it, mm -hmm. even though they own the patent to medical cannabis. Mm. That's a problem. So when the U S government owns a patent, for medical cannabis oh, that helps stars. prevent cancer, helps reduce risks of God knows what. I mean, all kinds of stuff. That is a problem I have with our government owning a patent. They're holding back on medicinal things that can help people. Even though, you know, states are going to a point where they're saying THC and marijuana is fine. CBD is not marijuana. It's not the same thing from a completely different okay. plant. It's, it's, it's like a breed. So you have a dog, but you have a Great Dane and a Chihuahua like my Baxter. Mm -hmm. They're a dog, but they're not the same breed. Wow. It's so, I mean, it's, it's so much it's, misinformation. It is misinformation. And so our goal is to professionalize CBD and normalize CBD where we take it every day. And yes, you take it every day because the information is there. America is so far behind because all they care about is pharmaceuticals. Mm -hmm. So pharma, pharma, pharma. And CBD, just like pellets and hormones, all this stuff has been around for eons, but nobody talks about it because they want you to be on pills. And that's how we're taught to give you pills. Don't want to be on pills. So, mm -hmm. but go to Google Scholar, okay. not just Google. Okay. Type in Google Scholar. You learned it here. I didn't know there was and a Google Scholar. And there's a Google Scholar. And if you want to look at research papers, 
that's where you go for that. And you'll just type in CBD and bam, if you want like CBD for hair, CBD for eyes, CBD for mm-hmm. bam, 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 thousands of articles on CBD. Mm. So the information is there. America's just behind. Well, we are going to hit that. Yeah, we'll for hit sure. It. We'll I hit do. It. I want to, I want to have both of you on because. Yeah, Trey's really great at um, speaking and he was on NBC5. I mean, a national right. NBC5. It wasn't just local. Right. So he got picked up and, um, we got a lot of attention from that, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. So, well, and him being a retired police officer too. Right. Yeah. yeah. So people were like, Ooh, what's that all about? So yeah, it's <laughs> oh, all good. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, thank you so You're much. So How can thank we you. find you? We can find you. Um, so it's fusion medical aesthetics. Uh-huh. And, um, I have a website.com, obviously I've got a, well, so my CBD company, I, the train I own is called wellcell.com. W E L C E L. So the, the idea behind that name was your cells are well, like let's make your cells well. So we we named it well cell. And then we have another business called thrive apothecary, which is our CBD store, but that sells all kinds of things of CBD, like different brands. And, but we vet people. So we don't just sell any brand. So we only sell particular brands that we trust. So you can actually walk into the store and say, and we have a girl that's very knowledgeable and she can kind of guide you in the right direction. But the cool part about well cell we have a nurse group that we have working for us that can then guide you if you're on medication, how much, well, uh, how much CBD do I take? If I'm, you know, if I have anxiety, how much do I take? So we have actually like a call center that you can call now and a nurse will, an RN will actually go in and help you dose yourself and all that. That's so we're, we, we've kind of set ourselves apart from everybody else with, with that company. So. Well, I'm so proud of you and so happy Thanks. to know you. I'm happy to know you. Guess what? I might just come in and see you. You can. I mean, I can try PRP. We yeah. can. There's things. I mean, you, if, what if, if that's not nothing. Nothing. I've had PRP. It's it's good. I it's mean, good. It does. It works. It does. I agree. Sometimes. Well, yeah. thank you so You're much, welcome. Lisa. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yes, everyone. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you learn. You can take away and, and, and take this to your heart and share the information. And hey, talking about sharing, we love to get up in that podcast world. So go to Apple, Spotify, and all those platforms and rate and review. And hey, let me know what you like to see and hear. And follow me on Instagram at Tiffany C. Blackman. And everyone have a wonderful day. And please keep being fabulous.